Hey, Lifehouse family. Uh, Carrie Jones here, and uh, I'm uh, really happy that I get to be a part of uh, the devotionals that we're doing is uh, the 30-day Bible reading challenge. And I'm going to present day 13, which is Matthew 7, uh, a really, really good uh, chapter with a lot of good nuggets. And uh, it's the last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. So let's go ahead and dig right in. Uh, the first thing that uh, Jesus talks about is that we uh, should be careful on how we judge. Uh, 7.1 says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So a couple of things. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Each and every one of us will be judged. All of us. Uh, the second thing is, is we have to be careful about how we judge other people um, and what standard we use. It can't be what we think, but it has to be uh, God's standard. So we need to rightly judge and just understand that as we judge other people, we will be judged by that same measure. Uh, then going down into um, verses three through five, and I love this illustration. So imagine that you have a big log in your eye and you're trying to help your friend out that's got a speck of dust in theirs. Um, chances are, if you've got a pair of tweezers or any other instrument or your, even your hand, you're gonna cause more damage to that person than help because you can't do anything with that big log in your eye. And that's why it's so important for us to search ourselves and uh, do the introspection and the hard work so we can see where we are falling short, where we are missing the mark, so we can effectively help others and minister to them. Uh, then moving down to 7.6, where it says, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. This is a great example of how to rightly judge. And this is being able to discern and assess where a person is. If a person is starving, and you give them a gospel tract, are they gonna read that gospel tract? If a person has been hurt and they're alone and they're defensive, uh, trying to present the gospel to them right off the bat is probably not gonna work. What you need to do with that person is just to love them. So um, that's what 7-6 is about. It's about us being able to discern where people are so we can effectively help and minister to them. Uh, now we go over to uh, the prayer piece, and uh, it's from 7-7 to 7-11, and this is a very popular verse. Ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Um, God is a good God, and the rest of uh, those verses uh, from 9 to 11 talk about uh, how an earthly, a physical father, wants to and desires to give his child good gifts. And how much more so will our Heavenly Father desire to give us good gifts? So um, pray. The challenge is uh, allowing prayer to be our first response and not our last resort. And PJ has said that uh, many times. Again, let prayer be your first response and not your last resort. Some of you may be going through some very difficult times right now and you don't know what to do. Uh, you may have um, loved ones that aren't where you want them to be. Uh, you may have decisions that you need to make and you don't know which way to turn. Pray. And how long should you pray? That's a great question. Uh, God can answer a prayer one of three ways. 
He can say yes, he can say no, or wait. And sometimes wait is just the silence. So I would just encourage you to pray as long as you haven't heard a yes or a no. So moving down, we go to the golden rule. And uh, I'm not going to spend too much time there. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh, so the way it reads in the ESV is, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Uh, and the one thing I will mention about this is, uh, <laughs> this, the golden rule has a cost because it's easy to follow the golden rule when you're being nice to those that are nice to you. It's easy to follow the golden rule when you're loving those who love you. It's easy to follow the golden rule when the person isn't hurting you and isn't against you. Um, but that's this, this rule says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So uh, that, that's the hard thing. The golden rule will have a cost. It will have a price associated with it. Um, then we go on to the gates. And there's two gates. So upon your decision to accept Christ, you have a decision to make. You can go down the narrow gate or you can go down the wide gate. So a few things on each one of them. Uh, the wide gate is the one where everyone is on. Everyone. All your friends, they're doing all the stuff, the music's playing, uh, they're having a great time. Uh, but when you go over to the narrow gate, it's a few people. It seems like it can be lonely, but trust me, there is so much joy and freedom in the narrow gate. Uh, secondly, when you go down the wide gate, you don't have to give up all those things that you were doing. You can continue in your sinful behavior. You can continue going after carnal pleasures. But when you go down the narrow gate, it's going to cost you something. Did it cost you something to follow Christ? Thirdly, uh, the wide gate is the culture of the world. And the narrow gate is the culture of God, which is counter-cultural to the culture of the world. Um, so those are the two gates, the two different ways we can go upon, upon uh, salvation. Uh, then moving over, uh, we go to a tree and its fruits. And there's basically two trees here. And uh, the premise is this. Everything in nature bears according to its likeness. So uh, a dog has a dog, a dog doesn't have a cat. Uh, apple trees produce apples, they don't produce oranges. So if you are a son or a daughter of a living God, you should produce the fruit of a living God. Uh, so what are those fruit? It's gentleness, kindness, uh, long-suffering, all those things. So uh, what fruit are you producing? Okay. Um, and then we go on um, to, uh, let me read 19 and 20 before we go on. And that says, I should have worn my reading glasses. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. So examine your fruit. What type of fruit are you bearing? And that tells you where you are. Uh, so the first one was you had two gates. Uh, the narrow and the wide, and then you have two trees, the one that produces good fruit and the one that produces bad fruit. Uh, then we go to uh, verses 21 through 27, and this talks about God's judgment on us. 
God's judgment on us. So verses 21 through 23, uh, you know, this is talking about that poor guy, he gets up to the pearly gates and he thinks he's done the most wonderful job. He's, he's been preaching, he's been uh, doing all sorts of other things, you know, healing and all that. And he gets there and, and God says, depart from me for I, didn't, I don't know you. And uh, I can't imagine how that would feel to be in front of uh, the creator of the universe uh, and to hear, uh, depart from me. Uh, but we don't have to experience that because what we know is this. It's not what we do that gets us there. It's not what we do that will, say, that will make God say, well done, good and faithful servant. It's who we are and whose we are. It's about the relationship that we have uh, with the living God. It's about us being disciples and being sons and daughters of God. It's from that that the works come. It's from who we are the works come. It's not the other way around. It's not the works making you who you are. Uh, so then we go on to verses 24 through 27. And this is about the two builders. So the two builders build the house and the storm comes. And the storm is the judgment of God. And one of the houses just completely gets obliterated. And the other house stands tall. So uh, what we have here is we have um, one builder who built his, his, his house on a firm foundation. And part of that firm foundation is being a doer of the word and not just a hearer. So he was doing the will of God. How did he do the will of God? He did the will of God because he knew the will of God. He spent the time in the word of God, spent the time in prayer. Um, he had a relationship with him. So he did the word of God. Uh, he did the will of God. The other builder didn't do those things. Another uh, thing is the, the builder of the house that stood developed a firm foundation. And if you are in any building trade or occupation at all, you know the deeper a foundation goes, the firmer the foundation is, the stronger the foundation is. Um, so that's wrapping up uh, Matthew 7. Uh, again, uh, just to give you a quick summary, let's, uh, let's all do the hard work of judging ourselves and, uh, do, and judging ourselves to God's standards uh, so we can do the work of ministering to other people uh, let us be unrelentless unrel in our prayer and just go in and just pray and pray without ceasing and to pray until we get an answer from God. Um, let us practice the golden rule even when it costs us something, especially when it costs us something. Um, with the two gates and the two trees, uh, let us understand that uh, at salvation it's going to cost us something and we've got to go down the narrow gate versus the wide gate. Uh, look at the fruit that we bear and that'll tell you uh, where you stand. Okay, um, And then also uh, that God, God's going to judge us at some point in time. But rest easy if you are in His Word and you are abiding in Him and you are you are seeking him and, and seeking him, you will be fine. So um, with all that being said, I think uh, that's Matthew 7. Uh, let's go ahead and say a quick prayer before we, uh, before we end. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for your holy word that you've given us. I thank you for the love letter 
of the Bible that you've given us. Father, just allow this word uh, to just illuminate when we read it. Uh, Lord, let us know your heart. Let us know your heart, Father. Father, I just ask that uh, the word of God uh, over these 30 days would create a, a, a desire, an increasing desire to want more and more, that your people would, would hunger after your word, they would hunger after you just as they thirst for water, hunger for food, or they gasp for breath. Let us chase after you, Father. Father, I just ask uh, that, you, um, that you will let us all just judge ourselves rightly. Uh, let us be uh, gracious with how we examine other people. Uh, and Father, let us go down the narrow way. The narrow way, even though it seems tight and constrained, there is so much freedom. And let us understand that. And Father, let us bear good fruit <laughs> and be like that builder that built his, his house on the firm foundation that when the, the storm comes, the house stands. And then we can see your face and you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Father, I just pray for everyone that's listening to this right now. May you just increase in them and may they decrease of themselves. Lord, we love you. We love you with all that we have. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Lifehouse, have a great day.